0: It's 1130 on a cool fall night when you're dispatched to a residence for a child with shortness of breath. You're directed to the bathroom where you find an 18-month-old child being held in her father's arms while steam from the shower fills the room. The child appears agitated, and you hear the classic seal-like barking cough of croup. Dad tells you that his daughter's been sick for the past couple of days but seems a lot worse tonight. You're listening to 911 Cast, the no nonsense EMS podcast. This episode is brought to you by Madison Programs, a Brooklyn based medical training and consulting company with over 20 years of experience specializing in emergency medical continuing education and AHA certification classes like CPR and first aid for community members and professionals. For more information, email madisonprograms at AOL.com. I'm Scott Topial, and this week, it's all about croup. Ah, fall, the season of colorful leaves, pumpkin spice everything, and, of course, croup. Croup is a respiratory illness that's caused by inflammation of the larynx and subglottic airway leading to a narrowing of the upper airway just below the vocal cords. It's characterized by inspiratory strider and a seal like barking cough that mostly affects young children, usually between six months and three years. As children get older and their airway gets larger, the risk of croup decreases, and it's relatively uncommon after the age of six. Croup is usually caused by a viral infection, with most cases occurring in the fall or early winter. Symptoms also generally get worse in the evening hours, with the majority of croup-related ER visits occurring between the hours of 10 p.m. and 4 a.m., although a couple of studies have suggested that children that are seen for croup between noon and 6 p.m. may be more likely to have severe illness and be admitted to the hospital. A child with croup will usually first experience symptoms related to the underlying viral illness, such as runny nose, congestions, symptoms that pretty much look like the common cold. During the next 12 to 48 hours, they may develop fever, hoarseness, barking cough, and stridor. In most cases, croup is relatively mild and goes away on its own without complications in about three days. But for some kids, significant respiratory distress can develop as the upper airway obstruction becomes more severe. The main focus of your initial assessment should be to quickly identify whether or not the patient has experienced a significant airway obstruction and determine if they're at risk for rapid deterioration and respiratory failure. Croup is classified as either mild, moderate, severe, or as impending respiratory failure. A child with mild croup will have no stridor at rest, although it might be present if they're upset or crying. They'll also have a barking cough, or a hoarse cry, and they'll have slight or no retractions. In cases of moderate croup, you'll notice that the child has some stridor at rest, even if they aren't upset or crying. Some retractions will be present, and they might have other signs of respiratory distress, but they shouldn't look visibly anxious or agitated. If the croup is severe, you'll notice significant stridor at rest, but be careful, As airway obstruction worsens, the stridor might diminish due to decreased air movement. Retractions from accessory muscle use are now severe, and you might even notice the sternum move inward with breathing. This child will also look anxious, agitated, pale, and tired. Be on the lookout for signs of impending respiratory failure, and remember the old adage, children tend to look really good right up until the point where they don't. Signs such as fatigue or listlessness... Significant retractions, diminished or absent breath sounds, decreased level of consciousness, tachycardia that seems higher than fever alone would cause, or cyanosis or pallor are warning signs that without immediate action, this child is about to go into respiratory failure. Parents that are unfamiliar with croup may be frightened by their child's illness and harsh cough. You may even be asked whether or not the child should go to the hospital or stay home. When helping parents make this decision, it's important that your assessment is thorough and the information you provide allows them to make good choices. In general, children should receive further medical evaluation if they have strider at rest, experienced a rapid progression of symptoms, aren't able to tolerate oral fluids, have a known or underlying respiratory or airway condition, have had prior episodes of moderate or severe croup, Or have had symptoms lasting longer than a few days. The pediatric assessment triangle is a great tool for performing a rapid assessment. Look at the child's general appearance. Are they calm or are they agitated? Then look at their work of breathing. Are they coughing occasionally, or do you hear Strider while at rest? Do you see any retractions or accessory muscle use? Nasal flaring? Next, look at the skin. Does it look normal? Or are they modeled or cyanotic? Consider how these findings factor into the classifications of croup severity that we just talked about. Try to make the child as comfortable as possible and do your best to prevent anxiety or fear. Upsetting them can exacerbate the narrowed airway and increase the risk of serious respiratory complications. A child with severe croup needs immediate care. As always, treat according to your local protocols and medical direction. However, in most cases, you'll likely be expected to administer nebulized epinephrine as the first-line treatment. This isn't a cure, but a treatment that temporarily shrinks airway swelling, allowing for better air movement. The effect usually lasts about 30 minutes. You'll often hear the term racemic epinephrine in reference to giving nebulized epi for croup. While some systems might actually use true racemic epi, an epinephrine formulation that consists of two different chemical configurations of the drug, this term tends to get thrown around loosely. Since the racemic version of epinephrine is often in short supply, and current evidence shows that both versions are safe and effective, many systems call for the nebulization of standard 1 mg per milliliter concentration epinephrine. Another drug available to some providers is dexamethasone, a type of steroid that also reduces airway swelling. It's important to know that steroids take time to work and aren't effective as emergency treatments. In the case of dexamethasone, it usually starts working in about an hour, but can take longer to reach full effectiveness. So don't delay nebulized epinephrine when dealing with a serious case of croup. It's common to give the IV formulation of dexamethasone by mouth, but know that it tastes nasty, so you might want to mix it with something sweet to hide the flavor. Before we return to our case... Let's take a minute to talk about some other things to consider that could be mistaken for croup. The first and most serious is acute epiglottitis. The good news is that this condition is now actually quite rare thanks to widespread vaccinations. Children experiencing epiglottitis don't have a barking cough and usually have a high fever and look very ill, and they tend to be more anxious than their respiratory distress would suggest. Kids with croup usually don't have any trouble swallowing but a child with epiglottitis is often found sitting upright and drooling. Foreign body airway obstruction can also produce stridor that might be mistaken for croup. If a child was healthy right before the onset of symptoms, be sure to ask about the possibility of inhaled objects. Sometimes an object or food can get lodged in the esophagus and press against the trachea, mimicking croup. Wanting to keep your patient calm You let dad continue to hold her while you start your assessment. You have him lift up her shirt so you can visualize the chest and abdomen, and you notice significant retractions underneath her ribs. You note loud strider, even while she's at rest, and decide that she's experiencing moderate to severe croup. Once in the ambulance, you begin a nebulized epinephrine treatment according to protocol, and the resting strider disappears after a few minutes. You give a dose of oral dexamethasone while en route, Her care is transferred to the ED, where she's observed for several hours, and then discharged home. Croup is a common childhood illness that usually presents with a barking, seal-like cough in the fall or early winter months. In most cases, the symptoms are mild and little treatment is necessary. But in some cases, airway swelling can lead to significant obstruction. The mainstay of pre-hospital treatment is nebulized epinephrine and close respiratory monitoring. Be prepared to provide bag, mask, ventilations, or other advanced airway interventions should respiratory failure or arrest occur. That's it for this episode of 911Cast. We'd like to thank our founding sponsor, OneKit, makers of high quality first aid kits. Check out their products at buyonekit.com. That's B U Y O N E Kit.com. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, thanks for listening.